We good to go here? Yeah, I uh, think I thought we were going. Oh, I guess maybe we are. <laughs> if you bring we, lunch. Lunch would be good. Lunch yeah. would be good. Uh, we got we got a silly stuff here. I mean, it's uh, it's been so long since we recorded. Holy moly, it's been a long time since we talked to each other. Well, not that's not true. We talk all the time, but since we talked in the form of a podcast, and uh, there's all kinds of things here. Um, well, let me see if one of these jumps out at me. Um, uh, stay in this Airbnb tower. You want to you want to want to spend the weekend in a control tower? Oh, sure. In a heartbeat, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It depends on the tower. Well, well it, de- it depends on the airport it's at, too. I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, but there's let me- some where the view would just be spectacular and the privacy would be unparalleled. Well, except that people could see in the window. I mean, be, you, know, you got to like pull down the tinted shades or well, something like that. I mean, I, I didn't have a click the link here. So, I mean, okay. Is this a tower that's been relocated, you know, off of an airport? Well, the, the picture it, shows. How a, tall is it? Yeah, What's it made of? You know, there's there's a lot of things I'd like to know. The picture, which I'm sure is an artist's conception, all right, um, shows from inside looking out and there's an airliner aircraft in the distance. So they're suggesting that it's a serious airport. Um, that sounds bad because small airports are serious airports too. It's, it, that it's like a, you know, airliner airport. Um, but uh, not a computer screen to be seen. I know. Right. So, uh, but is uh, there any background on this photo? Uh, ba- oh, you mean like what the story is? Well, yeah. Uh, is there, this is, is Reddit. There... It's got to be true. Right. Um, and uh... therein is the source of my question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see if we can find an actual reference to an actual tower B&B, Airbnb. Uh, no, everyone should. Uh, well, the ones I'm scanning here just are talking about ones that were potential, but uh, it's like there's a there's a abandoned tower on my one, and there's a they could do it here and they could do it there, and uh, so maybe not. What's the initial post said? Yeah, I think it was a hypothetical that somebody initially posted. Although it looks like it's from an article. Is there an article here someplace? Anyways, um, yeah, in a heartbeat, I would. Although I'd be careful about, especially after dark, all right? You know, like, because you're going to be on display up there. I, uh, I, I remember remember those windows in the control towers? They're angled. Well, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't prevent you. If there are lights on in the cab, in the tower cab, then you're going to be on on display out, unless you, you, unless you, there's you, shade. You're not going to be seen unless you put your nuts up against the window. All right, thank you for that, David. <laughs> Add to my workload, why don't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I was just scrolling down the comments here on this Reddit. Thread, yeah, what are they saying? And uh, some guys like like he's 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 uh, rating it on Yelp. Ridiculous amount of airplane noise. Would not recommend. <laughs> he doesn't understand, obviously. He doesn't, yes, you know, someone who didn't get the memo. Um, you, you could pull down the shades, or you could, like, you know, do something to prevent people from looking in at you. You can shine a, a, a red or green or white light at them. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. That would probably <laughs> that would blind them, and that would blind them, and they couldn't see you anyway. That so would go over I don't see time. what we're arguing about. That would go over big time. Yeah. I uh, a long time ago, I worked in an office um, in a in a town here in, in New England that um, and and the office was on it was in a storefront um, on the main street in downtown. And and there were gla- there was big glass windows at the front of this office, and and. In the daytime, to stop the sun from coming in, we had these 
one-way mirrored shades that we would pull down, all right? And that would accomplish two things. One, it would make it so that the sun didn't burst, burn through the windows so that we weren't like blinded. The other thing it would do though, is it made it possible for us to stand right inside the window and look out and watch people walking up and down the street. In fact, occasionally it was kind of entertaining. People would occasionally use the mirrored surface to check themselves out and we'd be standing there watching them. And it was quite entertaining. We enjoyed doing this, all right? And one day we were standing there just kind of casually watching the people going up and down the street and kind of looking at the mirror, you know, looking at their images in the mirror. And, and we suddenly realized that we had been standing there for five minutes and the shades <laughs> were not pulled down. All right. And we were just, we were just every, and they weren't looking at themselves in the mirrored surface. They were looking at us staring at them being, you know, so that's what I would fear would happen in the control tower. That's where the story, that's, that's the connection to our story here okay. is that, is that you would like stay in this thing and it would be the shades, but then you would forget to pull the shades down. And as David, so, 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 um, um, colorfully, eloquently, yeah, eloquently, yeah right. Colorfully, um, um, indicated, uh, you, you could, you could, uh, you could cause a sensation <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, assuming everything else is good, I would do this in a heartbeat. Absolutely. This would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. To spend the weekend in a control tower, especially, and the more activity out there and the more noise, quite frankly, I mean, I can't admit, well, I live next to a train track. What do I care about the jets? You know, and we've all slept underneath the warbirds taking off at, at air venture. So, and sun and fun for that matter. Yeah, It's it's uh, been so long since I heard an airplane take off. You have an airplane takes off every morning at 7am. Doesn't he still do that? Um, 630 now. (laughs) He got a slower airplane. (laughs) (laughs) he he wore out that tail yeah okay yeah um and um i think he still has it or or pieces of it but he bought a grumman of some i don't know if it's a tiger cheetah something like that i think it's a 160 horse grumman and it takes him longer so he has to leave earlier and i just laugh about that too i just you know it's okay sir oh you know whatever i know the guy's a nice guy yeah i'm sure he's a nice guy he's a great guy he uses his airplane really effectively commutes to commutes to the east coast as they call it here yeah yeah right yeah uh very cool um, I often talk about how uh, a new subject, by the way, I often talk about how I am stalking various friends on, on flight aware <laughs> and uh, um, I resemble that remark. And, well, I see now I tried not to name you, but now you've outed yourself. All right. Um, I, I sometimes feel a little bit of embarrassment that I stalk a few friends on flight aware. Um, I try and be respectful, but I do. Um, but it turns out I'm not, I, and I always knew this, but graphic example of how i'm not the only one um this guy uh, yeah. uh let's see now um i can is this is his name jack sweeney or but anyways there's a guy something like that yeah it's been in the news and i'm sure everybody's heard about this is a guy who not only not only stalks elon musk's private jet um, on something like FlightAware, but he actually created a website that scrapes the information off the public web and posts it specially so that you can, you know, so it's sort of a, it's sort of a, of an Elon Musk, it's where in the world mm-hmm. is Elon mm-hmm. Musk, right? You know, or strictly speaking, <laughs> where in the world is Elon Musk's airplane? But uh, yeah. And, and so, and, and the story, as the story goes, you know, when this first happened, um, Elon 
um, offered him $5,000 to take it down. And, and I think pretty wisely, the guy said, well, give me oh, 50,000 and I'll take it down. Oh, 50,000, 500,000. Or whatever yeah. it was he asked yeah. for more. No, he asked for, he asked for 50 and I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah. you, Elon, I'm not sure you have enough money right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's now, but apparently now the guy has, uh, um, um, has, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of working to his advantage. Is what I'm. Oh yeah, right yeah. He said yeah. it's like gotten him some notoriety, and I guess he works in the you know the coding world or something like that. And so, so this 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 uh, this visibility has helped him financially. Yeah, and, and I, he's got a he's got a uh, sponsor he, or something now. He's right? got permission now from the FAA to uh, do well, this. Of course, he, I mean, good. You know, um, he did finally, it for you. Yeah, the on, FAA on, the, on, on this information, and that here's the punchline. That's always been possible. That's always been doable. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. we those of us who pay attention to this stuff realized from the get go that this was this is of course he can track Elon's airplane. This is the way it works. Yeah, and uh, um, you know. So, anyways, so I'm not the only one, but I don't manage to make an awful lot of money out of out of the people I stalk, which maybe. Well, it's you know. Yeah, I don't know. To, you have to up your game. Man. There's a life lessons there somehow, some way, <laughs> and. Uh, um. And then I don't know. Before uh, uh, FedEx wants to put laser death rays on their airplanes, that's not exactly true. But uh, no, no. They, what's the? This was a story from a while ago. Did they actually? It is. Did has anything happened here? Did they get permission? I have did no they, idea. I FedEx have no idea. from our from our favorite aviation publication, um, Futurism dot com, a column called The Bite. Um, FedEx asks well, permission. Okay, to, hang on a second. You're going to FedEx asks permission to install anti-missile lasers on its cargo jet. Yeah, it uses uh, it uses a reactive system. Right. If it gets targeted by, ah, we have an update to this story. We do. Okay. Yeah, yeah David. Um, go ahead, David. Describe how it works or what it does. Well, if, if the uh, system detects that it's being targeted. That uh, counters with its own laser light to fool right. the missile right. coming in. When I first, that's that's right, and that's my understanding as well. And uh, when I first read this story, I had images of of a you know kind of a Star Wars laser death ray, um, but but it doesn't actually explode. If if there were an incoming missile or whatever, it doesn't actually destroy it. The laser confuses its heat sensors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it hits somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so something still gets hit. Yeah, right. But so Jeb, you're saying there's an update on this. What is it? Yeah, say? I just sent it via the the um okay. Zencaster page. And it's can a Reuters, you, it's a can Reuters you summarize piece. it for us? What's uh um well the headline is kind of says it all. US FAA halts review of FedEx proposal to install A three twenty one laser based missile defense system. And this is dated January 18. So they're not even going to consider this proposal. Um, hang on a second. The FAA said Tuesday it has determined that further internal study is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> the got? FAA said to avoid confusion, a comment period on a proposal that the agency is not moving forward at this time. The FAA is withdrawing the notice. FedEx did not comment Tuesday, and the FAA declined comment beyond the withdrawal. So somebody, Ooh. somebody's uh, um, something. What? I, 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 Go ahead. Somebody's what? There's a chance kids are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Cynical much? My goodness. Um, okay. Someone, someone messed up. Someone, uh, um, 
did something they shouldn't have done and, yeah. and they, uh, they just withdraw basically what i think they did is they made it public right that was the mistake yeah okay because this is this kind of thing has been this goes back to right after the 9-11 back in the early aughts and and the, the terror industrial <laughs> complex was really getting the roll on um and i sent through a briefing talking about uh likelihood of of um, shoulder uh, uh, fired uh, anti-air missiles being in the hands of terrorists and, and what they're going to do about it and and this kind of thing and it was to no one's great surprise um, these systems existed at the time and were being adopted for you know, let's let's call it non-governmental use so mm-hmm. what but, the, the terror industrial complex. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I wrote yeah, it down. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where that, that might appear someplace. Uh, um, uh, 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 okay, so so basically, the 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 sort of outcome or the 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 latest on this story is shh, don't tell anybody. That's yeah, that's okay. my take. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, they, they they tested this years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Jeb was saying. Is like back in the new. back in the nine eleven era. You know, I mean, not that we're not still in the nine eleven era, but you know what I mean. Um, so okay, all right. So so like the jetpack guy, it's out there, but no one can quite figure it out, and we're just going to have to live with doubt, live with uncertainty, and uh, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's half the fun of the mystery of dying. I you never know when it's coming. Oh, I see. Okay, well, that took a dark turn right there. My goodness. Well, on yes. that note, welcome, folks, <laughs> to <laughs> Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from Wow, is it beautiful in February, Dover, New Hampshire, where it's going to get to be sixty degrees here today. It's fifty. Well, it's fifty-five now up at. Uh, up at Skyhaven Airport, and that's up the hill, sort of expo- more exposed to the, and further inland. It's typically two to three degrees colder there, warmer here. So it could be 57 or 58 here now. It's certainly beautiful outside. So uh, so that's what's going on here on the uh, on the banks of the ever-raging, rushing, roaring Cochico River. And uh, um, spring is, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't know whether people actually pay attention to this or if it's even all that obvious, but when in, in November, December, I become a kind of a sad guy because I don't like, I don't like winter and it depresses me as it, as it arrives. But round about, around about, uh, uh, Groundhog's Day, not, not because of Punxsutawney Phil, but just that seems to be the turning point. The, suddenly I start to get optimistic and it's like, okay, I, the, I can see it out there. It's going to get warmer and the winter is going to end. And that's where we are now. And especially when you get a 60 degree day. So that's what's going on for me. Things are good. Things are good. I'm here in uh, our virtual hangar talking to my two good friends um, who are having a, a wide variety of weather experiences today. <laughs> um, first of all, I will say uh, good morning to uh, my friend from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. That's Jeb Burnside, where uh, it's, you know, crazy Florida weather. No, just regular Florida. Good morning, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm sitting in uh, shorts and a long sleeve t-shirt. Um barefoot sitting in my office it's yeah. I, well, 70 ish something like that getting supposed to get warmer it's a little humid but it's not a bad day at all there's some 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 low level clouds scudding by yeah uh, now sunshine 
since we've rec- we, since it's been a while since we recorded, you actually did have some interesting weather. Um, you had uh, 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 one of these freeze warnings. You actually we, had to prepare yourself for the possibility that pipes might freeze, right? We, we actually did. I'm not sure it was a hard freeze here, and then we have to define what a hard freeze is. But it clearly got 32 or below here. Yeah. Uh, overnight, um, you know the, the power company, of course, couldn't keep the lights on, so. Um, there was no power at the house. I, I wasn't here that night, so I don't know exactly when it went out and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, you know, um, it, I left the, I left some outside faucets trickling and, um, didn't have any problems. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, everything else but, is good. You're uh, having fun with your airplane and, and, uh. And yes, your lawnmower and your all your other fun motor vehicles, all my other toys. Um, I just put a a a pile of money into one of my bimmers, but uh, Uh, yeah, well, um, the white, yeah, the white, you know, the white one. But um, you um, pay for your thrills, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, ordered some parts for the airplane yesterday, and you know, just little stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, we all muddled through. Cool. I'm dragging my feet here, waiting for David's telephone to stop making noise. There we go. Okay. Now I can say, now I can say, uh, from the air capital of the world, my other good friend here is uh, Dave Higdon. Good morning, David. It's beautiful there today this morning, isn't it? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. How beautiful is it? Uh, four inches and still coming down beautiful. Yeah. I noticed that on the weather. You've got, you've got quite a storm happening right now. Um, are you okay? You're safe there, right? Your power didn't uh, go off or anything like that? I don't have to go anywhere to do anything. It's all right here. Uh, Excellent. It's, it, the juxtaposition, though, with yesterday when it was in the 60s and getting up this morning to uh, snow on the ground, it's mm-hmm. like, welcome to Kansas, uh, Toto. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I know. We had one of those, too. We, and it sounds, it sounds like yours was pretty typical to ours. Um, so I woke up this morning at dawn. It was like 42 degrees. And yesterday morning at dawn, it was nine degrees. And uh, the news this morning was was crowing about the fact that that's a dramatic difference, 24-hour difference. And it sounds like you had the same thing. Um, I was going to ask you something about your snow. Um, um, oh, all right. So you don't have to go anywhere, but you do have to go outdoors, all right? Because your, your home office is in a separated building, right? So, uh, so yeah. you, you've got to cross that little courtyard and... Uh, um, yeah, got to go, go 42 feet from the back door of the house to the only door of the office. And uh-huh. uh, and uh, I probably won't even shovel it like I'll, I'll make footprints in the same spot a couple of times and that'll be it for the day. That's but, kind of my yeah, that's kind of my attitude, too. This time of year, you can kind of start to think, OK, it's going to melt relatively fast. And uh, oh, if it gets really deep, I've got my Canadian Sorel boots that come up to uh, above my your, ankle. Your Canadian Sorel. How do you spell that? S spell S-O-R-R-E-L. Sorel, Sorel boots. OK, I'm going to have to look that up. Very fashionable, huh? Is that what you're saying? Uh, very weather uh, appropriate. Okay. Not that I want any more weather gear than I absolutely have to have, but that sounds intriguing. I'm going to have to look that up. What's going on? How are we doing here? Um, so uh, there was a list. Well, here. we've all agreed that we would live in a tower cab. We have. 
Um, <laughs> um, you've got to be careful that FedEx doesn't shoot us down and it's okay to track Elon Musk. Yes. Um, big news yeah, really. like this morning or yeah. yesterday um, about the FAA administrator. Yeah. Um, Steve, Steve Dixon is resigning. It's official apparently according to uh, uh-huh. CBS. So uh, this is, this is unusual. Yes. <sighs> Well, they, they're supposed to be agreeing to, to a five-year term, right? And since Congress made that uh, that uh, law, I don't think anybody stayed for a whole five years. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I, under the impression I, that I, most people did stay for their term. But I, I think one of them did, and I think one of them did so for the express reason that they needed to fill out the term. I think you're right. Now that I think about yeah, it, you know, I don't. Was that Jane Garvey? That fit. Yeah. So the, so the way it works is that the president appoints an FAA administrator who is then at an, the admin can conceivably be the administrator for a five year term from the beginning of whenever they were appointed. Is that the way it works? That's correct. Okay. So it's not like a fixed no, no, term no, from, that, from the time they took office. Not well, that's what I mean, they, but it's yeah. not like there's a fixed term that it goes from like the year zero to the year five. Um, you know, it's, it's like whenever they get appointed that the clock starts. Right. Um, and, no, right. whenever they're confirmed, I'm sorry, it's, it's sworn into office. You keep mixing the two. Up. Yes. I apologize. Yeah. I stand corrected. Um, so, and you're saying it's not all that unusual for them to not complete the term. So, okay. More often than not, they don't complete the term. So, so do you, have you guys heard any buzz on this? What's the story here? Has Is the sense that Administrator Dixon did an okay job or is he, I mean, what's, is there some, some juicy story here? I, I don't know. I think, you know, look at the calendar. Uh, Trump appointed him. Yeah. He's been in office under Biden more than a year now. Uh-huh. It's time to go. He wants to spend more time with his family. Okay. Well, that's the boilerplate. I can't stand it here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, he, he's he been there, what, three and a half years, something like that? Yeah. He's he's done his time. Okay. Uh, he, he was, he was uh, confirmed, I guess, in 2019. Um, he, he's got, he's done two years under the pandemic. Um, he wants, you know, Although my heart is, what does it say? Um, yeah, in, 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 this is according to CBS, um, in an email, Dixon wrote that he wants to, quote, devote my full time and attention, unquote, to his family. Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic. Yeah. So uh, Brad Mims will be uh, acting uh, administrator. He's a deputy and, and would normally um, um take that acting role anyway. Brad Mims would be a great nominee for administrator. Really? And why just why do you that feel that? There. Look at his background. He's he's I I've I've known him. I've I've we were in similar positions and and uh um I, I he was no he was a PR guy for uh, I I don't know, I'll look it up. Um so I, I you know I've dealt with him in the past. He's got a great rep. Um from all for all and he's he's not making news at the FAA lately which means that he's doing a pretty good job so um i don't know he'd be a good uh, he'd be a good uh, person for Biden to consider mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
Is it the case that so we, I think we feel like we've seen this a lot over the years that the the acting administrators, the administrators that are filling in during these interims, um, often have very good reputations that are well thought of. Um, is it is it that is it that the the person who actually gets the administrator is fundamentally a political appointee, and as a result, has a varying you know levels of, of ability. But the but the 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 the, the you know the ones that become acting administrator usually were appointed for skills. You see what I'm getting at here. I'm yeah, asking whether this David, is a- David. You want to tackle that one? I, it, I know the answer. I want to. I, I, yeah, give you some time to talk. Is it is it is it typical that the active administra- administrators are better because they are not political appointees? Maybe it's that's typical. What. Well, David. Well, they're still political appointees. Yes. Uh, Do even they have as to ask, acting? Uh, so these uh, these these junior administrators. I'm, I apologize. I don't know what their actual everyday title is. But are act, are they acting administrator? But but prior to being acting administrator, they are some sort of vice administrator. What, what's De- their title? Deputy administrator. Deputy administrator. Thank you. Are they um, like Senate confirmed or anything like that? That's that's one of the the, the tricks of Washington. Yeah. Actings don't have to be confirmed. That's what I thought. Okay. And so that's what I'm getting at. Because so they can act- slide into the office and do a great job, do a terrible damage, and <laughs> go back to private life. And everybody goes, Who was that guy? And right. never suffer any consequences. Yeah. So, David, then my going back to my original question is it, do you, do you think that it's true that over the years, the people who have been acting administrators have. Um, are, are 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 more highly thought of as having done good jobs at the FAA. Uh, I, I could think of a couple that that would apply to. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, we've had one on the podcast a couple times. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Barry Valentine used to, Barry Valentine used to yeah. join us from time to time, and uh, he was uh, the, the the deputy. And when his boss resigned, he became acting, and. Uh, was never confirmed, uh, and he was acting for what a year or better than a year. Was he really okay? Yeah. yeah. So all right, and there's something to that because a lot of times the uh, political appointee that gets tabbed for the top job is a, a true political appointee. There's right. some uh, some logic behind picking that person for their political skills. And then they always pick a number two that has the bureaucratic skills to actually run the place. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, I, which I can imagine would some combination of they just don't want the political job and, or um, they, they don't qualify for the political job because they're, they're not political. Um, so anyways, all right, well, it's interesting. So we're going to get a new administrator sometime in the next, we're going to get a new real administrator. We're going to get an acting administrator. Some, I think it's like the end of March. I think they said. End of March is what CBS yeah. says. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and then sometime <clears throat> after that, we'll get a new uh, formal administrator. Well, that's kind of interesting. So uh, yeah. I mean, have I missed anything on this story? Is that basically the thing that's basically it yeah okay we got a uh, off-field landing of the week here um another another story from our our my new favorite aviation publication reddit um <laughs> there's a lot of interesting thing reddit is reddit you know and uh, it's got a a a, a, a well-earned bad reputation in some of its stuff, but it's very good in various areas. And I've been following the uh, uh, r slash 
um, aviation. I think that's what they call it. Aviation subreddit, I think is the terminology. Um, and, uh, and there's some interesting things pop up there from time to time. And, uh, one of them is, uh, an off field landing here, um, a video, uh, from within the cockpit of a, uh, uh, I don't know if it says what kind of airplane this is, but, uh, um, this apparently was down in South Africa. Let's see now. Botswana. Yeah. And, uh, are you, is the type of airplane jumping out at you here? Um, a little two seater. I'm, I'm picturing it being a tail dragger of some sort. Um, although we only see from inside the cockpit and, uh, and it's flying over the, uh, over the, you know, the green down below forest or whatever that is. And the engine fails, engine stops. And, uh, we see, I haven't, I listened to the audio a while ago, but I don't recall if there's anything significant in the audio, but you, from just watching it just now, um, it's interesting, you know, it's, he does, he does all the, it seems to me he does everything right. You know, it's like you see him flying the airplane, you see him trying to restart the engine, you see him turning pretty quickly after the failure, presumably towards a field that he's going to land in or to a spot he's going to land in. Um, you see him again, a couple times, try and start, but then ultimately you see him landing on what appears to be a road or a path or something like that um, among the trees. And, uh, and although he comes down hard, it appears that he comes down safely, at least in terms of, of personal injuries concerned. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting little video and uh, um, you know, congratulations to this pilot who I don't believe is named anywhere here, but uh, um, it's cool. Any thoughts on this? Does anything jump out at you? What did you, did you watch well, it? The, the top post here? following the video uh, on Reddit. Um, quote, he had similar problems two years ago with the same aircraft and performed a forced landing in Botswana. After that incident, the aircraft was in for maintenance for a long time, and he only recently received his aircraft back on his farm. <laughs> I believe he will scrap the aircraft now. Well, I don't know, if only because it hit pretty hard, but then I don't know if he's a, if he's a repeat, a, a repeat engine outer um well it's, it's the airplane it's not him well okay yeah i'm sure it is yeah so uh it's it's an interesting video and it's a it's a it's a nice you know I, I, we've said over the years that the whole are a big part of why we do off field landing of the week is to illustrate that that you know engine problems in the air doesn't mean your airplane comes you know you know in a fiery streaking thing to the ground you fly the airplane you find a place to land, you'll be okay. Um, and uh, this is a good example of that. Yeah. And it's an interesting video. It's so. always uh, tickled me how surprised people are when they learn that the engine doesn't make the airplane fly. Yeah, well, it's it's not the only part, that's for sure. Yeah. So so whoever this I mean, Well, is, it'll fly without an engine. Yeah. It, it, how it, fast it's going to come down. It won't uh, climb. That, that could get interesting. Yeah. We, we use the engine to climb. Exactly. There you go. So um, congratulations yeah. to this pilot who doesn't appear to be named anywhere in this. Uh, it, it has the look of a TikTok video that's been repurposed on, uh, on uh, Reddit. And we'll put a link in the show notes if you can take a look. But, uh, yeah, cool. What else? Let's see here. Off your landing. Um, so David, David alluded to, uh, what was the word he used? Internecine. Is that the right word? Internecine. Um, internecine. Uh, internecine. Um, so apparently uh, the FAA and the NTSB are arm wrestling over who gets to investigate 
um, space flight crashes, spacecraft crashes, um, which I just, I don't know what this, if there's a really big story here, but I just found it, it tickled me that, that, you know, I mean, because historically the NTSB does an excellent job of investigating airplane um, incidents, crashes, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, uh, and, and they seem to work more or less well with the FAA. Maybe I'm naive about that, but, uh, but FAA seems to want to be the space administration too, because, uh, some of these, uh, I think they're SpaceX incidents that have happened and, uh, FAA says no. We're we're investing a in investigating them, and NTSB says no. We're investigating them. Do you know anything about this story? Well, um, I know Congress gave the NTSB the uh, uh, responsibility for investigating transportation accidents, including aviation. But uh, yeah, there's supposed to be a separation here between the FAA and the accident investigation, and this just you know, neuters that to, to use a word that Jack, Jack won't have to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jeb, what do you think? Um, well, um, I think that um, the FAA has uh, always conducted investigations. Yep. Um, and they're going to continue c- to conduct investigations. Their objectives will be different from the NTSB's. Um, the mm-hmm. FAA is going to look at enforcement. It's going to look at um, operate. It's going to look at a variety of things. Some of that will be, in fact, to create better environment, better regulate, to regulate something better. Uh, some of that will be to point blame. Uh, the NTSB, on the other hand, has historically done well. It's a world class leader in in doing aircraft, and I would add just transportation generally accident investigations. Uh, they should be allowed to continue to do so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and the FAA is going to investigate stuff too. It's a matter of what their responsibilities are and what their motivations are, and you know the NTSB is charged with making these these things public uh, and interpreting them and and drawing drawing conclusions that's not the faa's motivations we need both and 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 poor kate does yeah well we've had some accident investigations uh sullied right at the beginning because some law enforcement agency looked at the uh data on a 747 exploding off long island and said that can't be anything but terrorism and it wasn't uh, uh-huh. Jeb and I tag teamed that one for Avweb. God, yeah. what fifteen years ago? Yeah, whatever it was. Not, well, ninety eight was no, so no, 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 no. More like twenty five years ago. <laughs> wow, <laughs> time flies when you're crushing, doesn't it? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm always taken by Saturday Night Lives. Uh, weekend update coverage of uh, of that uh, when the NTSB um, determined a probable cause. Um, the probable cause was that the center fuel tank exploded uh, yep. because of a frayed wire, a wire that ignited vapors in the tank. And uh, Saturday Night Live's take was uh, the NTSB today determined that the TWA 800 blew up because of a frayed wire. 
the wire became frayed when it was hit by a missile. Yep. 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 So, yep. So anyways, this is the latest little soap opera that we can keep an eye on now is uh, who's going to investigate space crashes. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's silly and we have other things to do, folks. Well, okay. You do. I don't. <laughs> well, it, the FAA and NTSB apparently don't. So yeah. maybe that's a problem. There we go. There we go. I would think that there have to be some atmospheric limitations on that authority. Well, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that's always been on my mind. As I follow, and I've been watching, I think all three of us have been watching with interest, the SpaceX development programs um, and uh, some of the amazing things that they've done. If you kind of listen to the analysis or watch the the uh, um, you know the live coverage when they're filling time waiting for launches to happen, they talk a lot about how um, the FAA is very actively involved in this. The FAA has to approve every launch and issue permits and 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 do certifications. and And it always struck me as a little as like, really, the FAA is the one that certifies space launches. I I guess that makes some sense. I guess, but they grabbed this years ago. They grabbed that power, that responsibility years. Yeah, ago. yeah. But uh, do they do they get involved in in NASA launches too, or do they just get involved in private launches? I would suggest that it's only private. I think NASA yeah. being being uh, a different government agency That's, operating public yeah. aircraft, yeah. quote unquote. Because yeah. although I guess I guess I you do hear that NASA is involved in certifying or permitting or whatever the the SpaceX launches as well. But uh, anyways. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's a brave new world, man, and there's, they're, there's, they're inventing there's, it as we go along. Um, and there, there has to be some coordination here. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a there, there are more than a thousand satellites circling our planet, and it'd be helpful if a new launch didn't run into an old launch. Yeah. So Agreed. the whole thing, coordinating when and how and how high and. Uh, it's rocket science. Yeah, it's 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 all rocket science. I think there's probably considerably more than just a thousand satellites. In orbit. Um, oh yeah, there's a, there's probably I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of Starlink Starlinks already, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on here. Um, so I don't know how to segue into this, but if you like what you're doing, what we're doing with this podcast, um, we 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 hope that you would consider you turn, support. Turn it off now. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> run away, run away. If you, if you don't, yeah. Um, but, but all kidding aside, uh, we really value you guys and appreciate you guys and, 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 and love having you listen. And if you like what you're, you hear us doing, um, you might consider supporting us with a financial donation. Um, as little as a couple of dollars every month really helps us to do this podcast. Um, you can send individual donations to the UCAP tip jar via PayPal. Um, big thanks to a few of our recent tip jar supporters, Michael SM and Michael ST, two different Michaels, also John L, Eric P and Lyndon N and a lot of other people. Thank you. Um, or you can become an automatic monthly supporter via Patreon. Thank you to some of our recent Patreon supporters, Kenyon N, Glenn T, Chris H, Jonathan S, Stephen D, Benu, a.k.a. Roy E, uh, uh, William H, Jonathan H, Jennifer R, and so many others. We thank you all for your support of the podcast. Uh, need to scroll the window here. For more information on providing automatic monthly support, check out patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. Or you can get all this information by clicking on the box in the right-hand column labeled tip jar. 
uh, and that's at, on the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com. Thank you very much. What's next here? Uh, oh, um, congratulations. Uh, sort, of, sort of a shout out. We don't do shout outs anymore, but this is a shout out. A shout out to our friends at Scheme Designers, oh, yes. um, the outfit that we've talked about many times over the years that do a uh, fantastic paint job. They, they design the paint scheme for your airplane. Um, and they've done such amazing work, and they're turning 25 years old. You talked earlier a moment ago about how time flies. Oh my! Yeah, I know. So, um, so uh, a big tip of the hat, or whatever, to uh, a wave of the paintbrush to uh, our friends at Scheme Designers, and especially Craig Barnett, the uh, the the head guy over there, and a good friend of this podcast. He's been on the podcast a number of times. Um, they, uh, they've done some amazing things. I mean, there's just a lot of, of, uh, of great work out there. Airplanes, not only personal airplanes, but they, a lot of, uh, sort of signature airplanes. They did this paint schemes for the EAA one week wonders, and they've done a few other, uh, notable, uh, you know, sort of sponsored airplanes. Um, so congratulations to Craig and the whole gang yeah, of scheme absolutely. designers. They yeah. deserve it. They, uh, and, uh, if you haven't ever met them, you know, you should, especially if you own an airplane, you ought to know these people, you may or may not need them, but you might need them one day. And they're just fun people to go talk to. They exhibit at both the uh, EAA and at AirVenture and, uh, and Sun and Fun and, uh, and, and, they, and they're sushi lovers and they're sushi lovers. They're part of our legendary, it's not our sushi night, but it's the legendary sushi night that we sometimes participate in. Um, yeah. So, uh, congratulations to it's, them. It's a legendary that i think yeah. that's what i tried to say i mean okay. i may have i may have failed what's the story about volunteering jeb i didn't even i i, I put I it on know. here because you said one magic word that i liked a lot um uh oh this is a story well it's a story from general Aviation news aviation news from another friend of the podcast jamie beckett um oh okay the headline sure. is i'm not a volunteer but maybe you should be couldn't agree more we've sort of talked about that over the years um volunteering at, at these various events um the, the reason i i pulled it up on the list, if nothing else, was that you name-checked uh, Dave Schalbetter. And uh, uh-huh. I guess it's just, you know, but because oh, there's a picture of David Schalbetter. Look at yeah, that. You scroll a, down. Yeah, there's yeah. Dave in his legendary hat. <laughs> Dave is, so Dave is the, uh, Dave Schalbetter, the legendary uh, 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 direct, uh, chairman of the Sun and Fun radio program, and has been a tremendous friend to our podcast yes, over the years. Absolutely. And, uh, and we hope we've returned the favor by helping him out at the radio station. Um, he, uh, he also is involved in some of the uh, online streaming broadcasting, if you will, that comes from the DeLand show. Um, but the funny part is that I see pictures of people, you know, streaming content from DeLand. And then I look a second time and I go, oh, wait, that's Dave Schalbetter. And the reason <laughs> I didn't recognize him instantly is that he only wears his signature fedora. Is it a fedora? He only wears his signature hat with a bajillion pins on it um, at Sun and Fun. Um, uh, and at, at DeLand and other events back in the days of, of uh, Sebring, likewise, he would wear a, uh, a ball cap um, with, uh, you know, some sort of logos and stuff on it. But uh, um, take a look at this article about uh, about volunteering at all sorts of different activities and events. It's first of all, it's a good cause. These are these are important events and they depend on volunteers and and they need our help, your help. Um, it's also, not only does it help the organization, the event that's happening, it, I personally strongly believe that it helps you, that it makes the event, the experience of the event better for you by volunteering. And I've said this for years, years at Sun and Fun and, and AirVenture, that, that um, after the novelty of going to these things wears off, 
one of the best ways you can continue to enjoy attending them is by finding some volunteer position that you become a part of and become, you know, a regular at. And uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, Jeb, do you want to add, so you put this on, why did you, is some particular I, reason I, why you? Just the, 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 um, that was Jamie and that Dave had a picture, Dave. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it's on General Aviation News. Um, the headline, I am not a volunteer, but maybe you should be. And and you should be. Uh, great. What's next here? Let's see now. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm half jokingly creating a new... So we've got off-field landing of the week. We've done this, we've done this for years. Um, and I half jokingly, uh, sadly, um, think that maybe we need an airport under attack of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, uh, you know, we've talked in recent episodes about, uh, Reed Hillview near San Jose, in San Jose, California, um, that's going through the latest iteration of the locals trying to close it. And, uh, so it's, it's having its thing. And, uh, there's a, there's an airport up here in New England, um, in Hartford, Connecticut, that's also being, being attacked and threatened, um. And I don't know if there's anything in particular. Oh, and so, and you, Jeb, you were telling us that there's an airport there in St. Pete that's now at yeah. risk. What's yeah, that all about? Apparently it's, it's about tax base is what it's always all, all yeah. about. Um, but um, um, what's this airport? We've gone there. What's it called? Uh, Whitted. Yep. Um, uh, Albert Whitted Airport in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, KSPG, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. But um there's they need a another baseball stadium yeah well okay the town okay. needs another baseball stadium and here's all this land out here that's not really being used for much it's just an airport man what a waste of space huh yeah yeah okay yeah. so um it's not this weekend it's next weekend uh the airport is well first of all they've got a closed runway right now it's getting some work done mm-hmm. um and be that as it may, runway 725 is going to be a straightaway at the upcoming St. Petersburg Grand Prix. So the airport will have to close completely. The other runway, the one that is now closed, will be reopened, oh, okay. but it will not have lights. Okay. The runway lights are in op. This is always, uh, yeah. And okay. there's, and the control tower will be closed. Yeah. Does the phrase land at your own risk mean anything? Yeah. This is sad. This is sad. But this is all just temporary at this, at this particular But it's a the, sign of the, the times, for the race. unfortunately. No, I mean, everybody's into it. it, it no one, I, to, to, I, to, to the way I can see, um, no one's all that concerned. The airport's open yeah. for operations just on, it just doesn't have runway lights at night. Yeah. It, it's a, a, a new or exclusive thing here. Uh, the Lakefront Airport in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's uh, sometimes uh, deeded over to IndyCar and it's part of the race course. Uh, yeah. And there are other airports who lend their runways to some racing. Uh, as long as they bring it back to normal, yeah, fine. It yeah, exposes yeah, more yeah. people to, that's, wow, that's, there's an airport here. Yeah, that's not the biggest challenge in St. Pete, though. The biggest challenge, and this the F1 thing will go away. The biggest challenge 
is um, they have a decrepit baseball stadium in the city, and they're looking for land to build a new one. Right, right. And, now, and and I just want to jump in here, but yeah. and I understand your point of view. You're being a little dismissive about this baseball thing. Um, it's absolutely true that that Tampa Bay slash St. Petersburg needs a new baseball ballpark. I understand that because that's a terrible ballpark, all right? And yeah. it's especially true given that the fan base is really starting to blossom there. All right, uh-huh. the team is doing well, and the fans are are are, are paying attention to the team, and and so. I'm totally all, all, these, all these things are true. Yeah. And so so St. Pete slash Tampa Bay ought to get a new ballpark, right? But to take over the airport is not acceptable. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And uh, so uh yeah, it's sad. So you got Reed Hillview's under attack. Um Witted is sort of indirectly, distantly in the future under yeah, attack. It's been a, in a while. It'll, yeah. It'll be a while. Um Hartford Brainerd is under attack. Um and uh, it's just, you know, I, it's sad that people don't realize, I mean, the p- general public are not aware, more aware of the genuine value of these small airports, not only to airplane people, but to everyone, to the community. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to convince them of that. We've tried. Maybe we'll just keep trying. And uh, it's, it's all know, infrastructure and it all counts, you know. I mean, those of, you know, anybody listening to this, explain to your non-aviation friends how important these local airports are in terms of emergency services um, and people who have jobs there and, uh, you know, just relief of relief of traffic at major airports. Exactly. Ease of access to the economics of the of the of the area. Yeah. So um, there's all kinds of reasons. Explain this to your friends. Um, it, it's really not that complicated a story. It just doesn't get out there. And uh, anyways, all right. Airport under attack of the week. I don't see anybody, you know, proposing to um, take out a couple of marinas and fill it with dirt and build a, uh, uh, a stadium there. You know, yeah. They want, to, they want to take the airport. Let those, them take Let them take the marinas. Those darn yeah. boat people. We those don't need them. Those darn boat needs them. Yeah, really. Okay. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's not like you can uh, Burnside U- use use the uh, family yacht to drive to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, all right. Sorry, I'm trying to get organized here. No, they have an airplane for that base to get with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see now. Um, we're starting to reach the end of our allotted time here. Um, there's a whole bunch of things on this list about 5G and uh, and we didn't really talk about it. We sort of alluded to it earlier, but we didn't talk about it. And this, I don't know if there's anything to say. It's just, a, it's a mess that's sorting itself out. And uh, I don't know. Right. It's, it's a thing. Don't worry about it. I mean, well, if you've got the right kind of equipment on your airplane, worry about it. But most of us don't have to worry about it. Yes? That's basically correct, unless you're on an airliner trying to get into a small, uh, well, using a regional jet or something like that, that trying to get into a smallish airport. There's your mistake right there on an airliner. There's your mistake right there. But um, <sighs> most of the fleet uh, has been... Um, AD'd uh, has been has been certified for operation at specific airports and the vast majority of the airports. There's, I think, there's still 50, and they might be whittling it down. Uh, airports in the U.S. Uh, at which um, certain types of approaches by you know for Cat two and Cat three approaches um, by certain types of aircraft are not allowed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the aircraft that seem to be having and the locations that seem to be having the most problems 
are rural airports, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know, maybe Albany, Georgia, or uh, uh, Gainesville, Florida, something like that. I don't know. Um, served by older regional jets. Mm-hmm. But that's about all I know. There will be some limitations going forward. There will be some equipment replacements going forward. Um, and there will be um, uh, really no consequences for any of the people who brought us this uh, Charlie Foxtrot. Yeah. But, you know, that's just the way it works. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to flip over all the cards unless you want to talk about any of these other things. Um, flip and, over uh, all the cards. Well, that could be anything. That's a, you know that reference, right? Um, so the, 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 the jetpack guy, yeah. he didn't, he didn't do the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I, did either of you watch this? This is my problem. All right. So I saw a story that suggested that part of the, I don't know if it was the halftime show or the pre-show or, but some part of the kind of extra curricular entertainment at the Super Bowl that just happened a couple weeks ago was going to involve a jetpack guy all right and i immediately said oh, it's because because the super bowl was in la this year and so i'm thinking lax la super la jetpack guy here we go problem you know it's going to be finally revealed all right um but then see i don't i don't have the right kind of television these days i'm i'm a cord cutter and so i was not able to watch the the uh the uh, uh super bowl live um so i don't know whether this happened um do, did either of you watch the super bowl yeah I'm not David, so you did. Did you see any part of the show that involved a jetpack guy? I didn't see any jetpack, and I did see the five-plane flyover at the beginning of the coverage, and was treated to a whole lot of moaning and groaning that NBC didn't focus on the airplanes long enough. <laughs> yeah. Guys, it's a football game. Yeah, I know. It's um, the football industrial complex. Well, the interesting thing about doing that flyby on this particular Super Bowl and many Super Bowls like this is that um that's a completely covered stadium. All right. The people in the stadium couldn't see the airplanes doing the flyby. I mean, I'm sure they were on a screen of some sort, but they could not, you know, that's I don't know. I have mixed feelings about these military flybys at sporting events. Oh, I, I, I uh, um, you know, so anyways, so, so the jetpack guy managed, so the LAX jetpack guy managed to maintain his, his secrecy and his secret identity and whatnot um, at the Super Bowl is what we're getting at here. I guess that's my, that's my, that's my conspiracy theory of the day and I'm sticking with it. Um, anyways. All right. That's we it. Could do, well, we yep. could do our our favorite headline of the month coverage, which it was, which is the the new Chinese hypersonic aircraft will fly from Beijing to New York City in one hour. Okay. And the subhead to this says, this yeah. says the aircraft does twenty five hundred miles per hour, which is and I'm not complaining. That's respectable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the great circle distance from JFK to to uh, to Beijing. Is five thousand nine hundred forty-two nautical miles. I see what you're saying. There's a flaw in the math. There. There's a flaw in the math, yeah. and I just. I, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's my yeah. headline. Well, in in metric, it comes out right. In metric, it comes out right. And, no, it doesn't. Uh, it's like a few years ago, there was a, uh, a, a, a an emergency in one of the countries in North Africa, and a lot of people criticized. Uh, the administration for not sending fighters down there. They could 
turn on the afterburners and they'd be there in an hour. They'd be out of gas, but they could be there in an hour. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they can't like, carry anything. So what, why bother? Yeah. And the, the, it was the same kind of uh, didn't work out math wise suggestion that they could take off from Ram- Ramatella, Italy, and be over the target in uh, North Africa in just an hour. Yeah. But it's supersonic. It is a two-hour flight. (laughs) So how that was supposed to work out, none of these folks ever explain to me it's, it's they, magic it's, they have those the, yeah they have those funky shoulder tanks we, we talked about this a couple episodes it, it's ago. the aurora it's, that's what it is <laughs> it's, it's the sr it's the sr 72 that's what it is that's what it is there you go yeah. <laughs> with guns mounted right yeah. yeah yeah all right i thought you were saying it's aurora borealis no 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 the aurora that, the old, the old that is space. fast as the speed of light yeah yes, no 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 he's talking about the fancy spy plane that, yeah. yeah. That was was it ever actually documented or was it always just I a legend? I think, I, I think it was more of a legend. Yeah. I, there might have been drawings of something that might have been at one point, you know, called that, but who knows? Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you guys. It's always fun. I'm glad we finally got together. Hopefully we've we've uh, hammered out our, our problems. We've had some technical issues. I keep using this excuse and I apologize for that, but it's kind of true. Um and uh um you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, uh, um, you know, whatever other superstitious thing you do. Um, it worked well today, and that's a good sign. Um, and uh, so thank you for, for both of you. Uh, let's see now. Jeb Burnside, thank you. As Jeb is a uh, freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter at avsafetymag, and you can also find him at aea.net and avweb.com on Twitter. He is Burnside J. And Dave Higdon is a aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at avbuyer.com, aea.net, uh, and uh, and your, your favorite local FBO waiting room. Um, on Twitter, he is Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most places with the all one word username, Jack Hodgson. For example, twitter.com slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube, Jack Hodgson, Patreon, Jack Hodgson. You can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section, and you can sign up for my Around the Field email newsletter at aroundthefield.net. Hey, David, was there something you were going to tell us? There's... A key to long life and old age, and it's all up there because it's flying and time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. So go out there and extend your lifespan. Get some air time. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Never let an airplane take you somewhere your brain didn't get to five minutes earlier. And that time has to get longer the faster you go. (laughs) All right.